Is there any way to jam my finger in the pig? <laughs> like, wow. Not, I mean, not one of the Chris big ones. I mean, a pink I mean, you could have asked. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, permission's important, Chris. <laughs> you try to put you your... Don't just stick your finger in it. <laughs> All right, Mr. Pig. Now, this is going to be unusual. Red Raiders. Hello. Thread Raiders. 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 Ladies and gentlemen, freaks and geeks, one and all, welcome to the Thread Raiders podcast. What started as a small uprising on Twitter has turned into a movement to spread goodwill among all creators. With the occasional side quest for spring bulbs and a quarter acres worth of poop. <laughs> Where do you get this from, Grizz? My name is Fenwald Griswick. And I'm Chaotic Anarchy. And I am the resident Kilted Sea Lord TK. Yay! And today we have a special guest. Everyone say hello to Cyrus Truth. Hello, Truth. Truth. Yay. Yay! Hello! Cyrus Truth here. <laughs> <laughs> I mispronounced that, didn't I? I apologize. You it's did, okay. It was funnier this way. <laughs> I, I, I'll admit I also did the same thing when I first met Truth. This is this is why I always go by a first name and a last name. At least one of the names you'll know how to pronounce and everything will be fine. <laughs> <laughs> and there's very few people in the world that can mispronounce Truth. And if you mispronounce Truth, then we got other problems. <laughs> then you're a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> or a politician. <laughs> Or one or the know, other. <laughs> Mr. Truffe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was told uh, that you are uh, not only an expert at Fallout 76, but that you have more hours logged into the Fallout series than any other human outside of Bethesda. I can neither confirm or deny this. <laughs> Good. It's That's important. Because we'll confirm otherwise, I'd have to rewrite the entire intro. Yeah, no, absolutely. So obviously, my first question to you is going to be: uh, Should the Cleveland Browns pick Jeffrey Simmons in the seventeenth in order to lock down their blind side? Absolutely. I don't really know anything about that other than the fact that the Browns <laughs> actually had something that resembled a worthwhile season this year, which in and of itself is a bloody freaking miracle. Yes, yes, it is. I don't even know who the Browns are. To your everlasting shame. <laughs> I live in Ohio. It's either the Bengals or the Browns, so choose your own form of misery. Which one is the one with the jersey that has all the names that go down and out onto the sidewalk? Hmm. Cleveland Rocks. <laughs> Cleveland Rocks. <laughs> That's all I got. Correct. Well done, CA. Hooray for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, if the Browns have even somewhat decent of a draft this year, and just figure out what to do with whatever small problems they had this season, they're going to be fine. They'll be okay. I'm sure our three Ohio listeners will be thrilled to hear that. <laughs> Absolutely. I think we have four now. But of course, I was only kidding. Uh, really, my first question to you is going to be this. <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts on Mirelurks, and why aren't there Mirelurk kings? Ooh. Yes. There are Mirelurk kings. They're just much smaller than the queens. Really? And they're a lot faster. Oh, yeah. And they screech to high heaven. Yeah. They're awful. I was just going to say it's the loudest sounds ever. I'm just thinking about that you, CA, Bernie, and I at that one power plant, Truth, where it's like, where is that Mirelurk King at? Oh, I'm dead. Yeah. Oh, it's over here. PTSD over that. Yep. (laughs) 
is the longest night ever. As to <laughs> as to my thoughts on Myrolurks, they are annoying. Their shells are way too thick, but they do grill up nice and tasty. If you ever want something light mm. and light on the carbs and the grads, <laughs> they're basically fat free. Unfortunately, it doesn't make you any stronger, so it's not the most worthwhile meat. You need to get your you need to get your ragstag venison for that. Or your death claw steaks. They're good. Gonna start a uh, farm here soon. Just rad stags all over the place. Just get a giant sign up. TRs the the Threadraider Rad Stag Ranch. Actually, TK, I heard you're starting a brewery. <laughs> yeah, with the newest <laughs> update, which coming out on March 12th. There's an update for Fallout 76 to make breweries. It's like, ooh, nifty. <laughs> it's also you can make your own store soon, which I'm super excited about. Finally, we can actually set up stores and <laughs> solve the issue of the fact that while caps aren't hard to get, it's really annoying to deal with all the stuff that you just really don't want to have around in your stash box. The fact that they've updated the stash box limit again is basically it just tells you that they were just hamstringing you to begin with. <laughs> There's a plan uh which I love what they're calling it, Project Serial. <laughs> for all these updates they're doing. I heard about uh, this. Eventually to make cross-platform, it's going to start with, surprisingly enough, Xbox and PS4. Really? Yay. Microsoft is on board with it. There was a Kotaku article I read about it. Microsoft is completely on board. Sony's on board. Even Nintendo is on board. I'd have thought we'd have all been dead of old age before that ever happened. Before the three biggest game companies like, you know what? We got an idea. Let's stop screwing our fans. <laughs> well, you know why Nintendo's on board, don't you? Because they just hired a guy named Bowser to be their CEO. <laughs> no, it's absolutely it's absolutely really? yeah, it's a it's, yeah, it's absolutely true, and it's just an opportunity to just steal more princesses from other franchises. It's brilliant, actually. <laughs> <laughs> the the way they're starting it is kind of great. Um, games with gold and PSN. Uh, live you know like the free games we get for being ps now members mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. are getting ported to the new um switch okay interesting so if you have a ps4 and an xbox one and a switch you can cross play your games already like when they release it at some point this year it's like wait so now you're telling me if i want to play on my ps4 i can download it to my ps4 and download it to my switch too or my Xbox One and download it to my Switch. Nifty. I have no want for a Switch currently, but no, uh, if I ever do, I have a crap ton of games that can crossplay now. Man, there is a, so many games in that P in that PS in that uh, PlayStation library PS Plus library that I have never played. I just download them every month because it's like, what I may want to play them at one point. Maybe. Yeah, like I'm, yeah, it's free. Why not? I might want to play you eventually. <laughs> Metal Gear 5? That sounds like fun. I'll put that in the list and never get around to it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, a good a Fallout game would be nice, but what I really would like is if, if uh, Gearbox get off their butts and put out a freaking new Borderlands game. <laughs> Do you think they will? I They, they need to. After the pre I mean, it's good money. Yeah, the pre-sequel basically set up Borderlands 3. They just never gotten around to it. And it's annoying. That uh, the uh, problem with that might be because the guy who actually designed the engine for Borderlands went to work for Valve. Oh, and okay. you know, Valve released Unreal Engine, so he's building the next gaming engine. They might be waiting for him to come back. 
Mm. I really loved the Borderlands by Telltales. And they're closing too, which is very sad. But that's my favorite Telltales. I have that downloaded. Again, another one of those things you just download and forget about. I did. It's really funny. You might like it. I probably would. I probably enjoy mm-hmm. it tremendously. Um, <laughs> I did play the Game of Thrones one, though. That was fun. <laughs> that one was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I made it through like the first scene and then I never got back to it. But it was interesting. Yeah, it's an inter- it was an interesting story. It was mm-hmm. how how close is it to the actual Game of Thrones, like the TV series? I mean, you yeah. get it. It fits into the universe without bothering it too much. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, because like it, I feel like it didn't it, give it away. It takes too much. more from the books. Yeah, I always worry about you know, like you play like Spider Man the game or whatever, and some you know, occasionally you'll get a good one, but almost always, whenever something is based on like intellectual property that's not video game related like mm-hmm. a movie or a book or something like that it's usually pretty trashy well, that's how i felt yeah. with the new kingdom hearts game as i was playing through the different levels which i won't spoil which levels are there but um they it's almost like watching a movie through the whole thing and they kept a lot of stuff from the film so if you mm. haven't seen them it does ruin it for you a little bit um so that was a little frustrating but luckily i'd seen most of the film oh right kingdom hearts 3 exists that's the thing <laughs> It's a thing. Uh, it's it's like, here, finally. Uh, it's like Final years. Fantasy VII re-release. It's, it exists, but it's not going to change the aspects of the game. Yeah, mm. I I place very little stock in that. They have, been te- they have teased that, they have announced that, and it's one of those things that it'll exist when it exists. I just hope it doesn't suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's only gone through seven art directors in ten years. <laughs> it's Duke Nukem Forever. Oh yeah, that <laughs> that turned out real well, didn't it? That turned out the best. <laughs> that's what that's what we're gonna call. Because you realize Final Fantasy 16 will be out before Seven Remake. Honestly, I honestly I get the love for Final Fantasy Seven. I love Final Fantasy Seven, mm-hmm. but the more times you play through it, the more you realize it was not the best it was good but it relied heavily on a whole lot of whole lot of ham-fisting plot into certain places you know what i mean it was yeah it was final fantasy 6 or 3 us on steroids mm-hmm. hmm. what is your favorite final fantasy game um i am partial to nine personally um yeah. oh, yes Mm-hmm. I grew up with the PS1 Final Fantasies. I had a Nintendo, but I never played Final Fantasy on the Nintendo, and then I went directly from Nintendo to PlayStation. My first PlayStation my first PlayStation game was 8, and once I finally learned how to actually play that game and break it, it was like, well, it's a fun little romp, and I, I like this setting, but eh. 9 was just, it was just, it was beautiful. It was a lot, it was... For somebody who hadn't played any of the old Final Fantasies, it felt it was it was easy to pick up. You learned how to play the game very quickly. The story was good, the art was mm-hmm. good, and it was the way I basically was motivated to go back and play games like four and six. <laughs> Eight well, or nine was the reimagining that uh, Kataru, the original guy who made Final Fantasy, wanted for seven and eight. But he left Square Enix before, while 7 and 8 were in development. When he made 9, when he came back to make 9, it was like, 
I love this game so much. Mm-hmm. I bought that game more than every other Final Fantasy game. Mm-hmm. I didn't so really like it. the one that came after where you had to change the girls' outfits all the time. What was that, 10? Uh, X2. 2 I hated that one. I don't understand the purpose of that one at all. That was not a fan. Ten was a good. Ten was a good RPG. I just don't know if I would call it a good Final Fantasy. And Ten Two mm-hmm. was a sequel that nobody really, nobody really wanted. Mm-hmm. People thought they wanted it, but they really <laughs> did. <laughs> you want it until you play it, and mm-hmm. you're like, oh, um, why did I spend thirty dollars on this new? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> And the whole multiple endings thing, if you don't do this right at this particular point in the game, then you lose out on this particular cutscene and all. No, that's not what I play a Final Fantasy game for. That's what I play a Silent Hill game for, so I can get the dog yeah. at, dog, <laughs> dog at Aliens ending. Like the, they did that with 12, too. They're like, oh, well, if you do th- take this action, you get this ending, this action, you get this ending. Like, come on, guys. This isn't Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy had a, a clear-cut thing. World's gonna end, save world, get cool ending. Don't even get me started on 12. 12 was, 12 was where I basically had a bit of a falling out with the franchise. I liked the world, I liked the setting, I liked four out of the six characters. Um, but the combat system was just... It was... They changed a lot. I it think. was awful. Mm-hmm. In order to you could you could you could play the game without the gambit system from what people have told me, and that's fine. But that doesn't make it very optimized, and you're going to have to work extra hard to win. Mm-hmm. You can opt, but you need to use the gambit system to optimize it. But at that point, the game is basically playing itself, and I'm like, what? It's a movie. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. watching a movie. Yeah, yeah. I don't want a movie. Mm-hmm. I want to have my have my turn, have my command. To hit something or blast it with a Faraga spell and be on with my day. <laughs> don't make me micromanage this party. That's not what I'm here to do. It's like, look, I don't play a video game to be at work. No. <laughs> absolutely not. Well, sometimes you do, but you don't play an adventure game to be at work. Well, I mean, that's just called Papers, Please. <laughs> <laughs> Well, think about it. Sim City, you are basically a civil engineer, uh, but you're not getting paid for it. And you know. No, but you can also, you know, unleash Godzilla on your city. I, yes. I, I, yeah, I mean, it is Godzilla. <laughs> well, that's from the frustration of not getting paid. Uh, you, you know, then have Godzilla. Summon a couple of tornadoes. Make these people regret not paying you their freaking taxes. It's like, look, I'm not saying you have to pay your taxes. All I'm saying is, I control the tornado button. <laughs> button. You see the weather machine here? I paid good money for a mad scientist to develop this piece of technology. And I while I don't really necessarily want to use it, I did spend a lot of money on it and I feel really bad about using it and it's the kind of feeling that can only be solved by you paying paying what you're responsible for paying me. I'm just saying. It's not a ransom. <laughs> it's a donation. Exactly. <laughs> There's a fine line between those two in this game. Don't make me bring wind up in here. (laughs) (laughs) The dam breaks, everything floods. Like, look, it was just a little bit of wind damage. What are you guys freaking out about? It's fine. I had to go ahead and piss Grizzwicks off. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Well, let me just say to everyone, uh, thank you very much for tuning into the Fallout Food Network. (laughs) 
<laughs> we have a full slate of shows. I think that's actually uh, a missed opportunity. That's a good YouTube channel we can have. Bola Food Network. You, you can teach people how to grill a rad steak in just the right way. No, that's exactly <laughs> that. Somebody should make that for the make that for the channel, the the yeah. Fallout Food Network, where you go yeah. hunting for your game and you learn to make all sorts of different recipes and whatnot, and then it all ends in an explosion because you know Fallout. I can cosplay as a as a death claw. <laughs> <laughs> we go scrounging for cans of cans of cram. So <laughs> today we're going to tell you how to eat cram. You find the cram. <laughs> You open the can, you eat it, and then you die. <laughs> I have never died eating cram. I'm just saying. <laughs> not yet. <It's> extreme. <laughs> uh, not with that attitude, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> and for those of you who might be playing Fallout 76 yourself, uh, you can visit the Thread Raider store. Uh, we are two clicks southwest of the Cathedral of the Blessed Sacrament, <laughs> uh, where you can get a slightly used baseball bat for 72 caps. And some Blanco brand mac and cheese. <laughs> Just a small donation of caps and just a couple pints of your blood, because you know, I like sipping on them. It makes me, it makes my health, but go up. <laughs> <laughs> I got that perk too. It's so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I drink out of blood packs often. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just, I prefer irradiated blood. It's that whole Incredible Hulk thing. <laughs> yeah, TK's refrigerator. Uh, his half of the refrigerator is full of human food, and then the other half of the refrigerator is full of blood packs. Well, it's actually half full of beer because TK likes to heal people with alcohol. Because <laughs> that's the thing. The, it works. It's like, oh, we're at a stim pack. Well, of course, my, my typical partner was playing Fallout. Never carried any stim packs, Dak. Like, <laughs> oh, no. So I had this like, all right, I need a perk. What do I keep finding? Oh, I keep finding liquor. Error. Screw it. I'm taking this perk. Oh, someone's dying. I'll heal you with the power of booze. I know. I was like, I'm wounded. I'm not going to make it. He's like, here, drink this beer. I was like, what? Hold on. See, he's back to full health. It's like, all right, everybody run now. He's like, okay, we're running, we're running, we're running. Why the hell is that thing still chasing us? We're running, we're running, running. We're all dead. <laughs> but I got to live that much longer. Now, going back to the human food thing. Now, when we say human food, <laughs> are we talking human food for humans? Or are we talking food made out of humans? Eh, 50, 50 of one, half dozen of the other. <laughs> I mean, you throw I'm it not in, going near that fridge. I'm alive. That's all that matters. I mean, you throw it in a gumball, you're never going to know the difference anyway. <laughs> it's promo time. This episode of the Thread Raiders podcast is brought to you by the letters Q and Umlaut. This episode is also sponsored by Tabletop Loot, the best place on the web to find quality gaming accessories for your D&D, Pathfinder, Fate, or whatever TTRPG you happen to love is, game. Sure, that's English. They also have mugs, dice jails, and other great miscellany. And if you use the code THREADRAIDERS at checkout, you will receive a discount off your entire order. I find it hard to believe you're going to find a better deal than that. Visit TabletopLoot.com today to check out their great selection of gear. Tabletop Loot, loot for every table. This episode is also sponsored by Founders Coffee. There are only so many hours you get to spend alive here on this planet. Now, for some of you, the afterlife grants you your own planet. So for you, my concern for your lost time will seem pedantic. But for the rest of you, spending countless hours standing in line at the local coffee shop or even worse, in line at one of the five buildings that all have the exact same franchise coffee shop directly across the street from the train station, simply does not make sense. 
That's why there's Founders Coffee. Roasted beans simply taste better with a little bit of patriotism. Proudly packaged right here in the U.S. of A., you haven't truly woken up until you've downed a cup of their Old Glory Medium Blend Roast. Set your coffee maker timer for Reveille. Set your sights on www.founderscoffee.us and set yourself up with a bag or two of coffee so good it'll raise your flag in the morning. Founders Coffee, patriotic to the last drop. And now, back to our show. Okay, for gaming, uh, dug out a game that I thought would be an amazing for a podcast because it's set in the 20s. Ooh, mm. and it flappers. Is, it is based off of the old uh, serial novels, like the uh, penny novels, like uh, you know, Alec Quinn and the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Sure. Ooh. Called Justice Inc. I mean, I mean, there's going to be a lot you're going to need to do to convince me that Monster Hearts is not the better game, but <laughs> I'm willing to give it a chance. Go ahead, CK. Uh, it's as most games I enjoy, this one is heavily... Uh, a D6? <laughs> no, this is actually a D10 system. It's based on the fate system. I don't have enough kidney power to laugh at the joke. TK. But this is, <laughs> uh, this is a narratively based system. That, and it, you can build your character pretty much any way you want. Their backstory, depending on how you build your character and their backstory, you get... The only thing I don't like is it's build points. So it's like, okay, here are 100 points. Make your character. And you, you can make someone that is dumb as a sack of bricks, but strong as hell. Mm-hmm. You could make the Incredible Hulk. That sounds very familiar to the game that we played during Extra Life CA. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it really does. I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of the, the buyout system. Hmm. And uh, I'm not, I'm, that's the only thing I'm not a fan of the, in this game. But what's what I really like about it is... And it's the math nerd in me. <laughs> it, it uses percentiles in a way. It's like, okay, I want to try doing this thing that I know I can't do. So you can borrow against your skills by rolling a percentage. So to find out, how how screwed am I doing this? <laughs> <laughs> and it's lower percentage, better number. Yeah, if you get like a 1% chance you suffer injury, great. You roll 100 I'm going to break down this door with my head. You, you're suffering a concussion. Yeah, right. <laughs> Jeez. So basically choose the form choose the form of your own destroyer at that point. How Yeah. Yeah, how are you going to make yourself ultimately kill yourself at this point? <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> the skills are nicely broken out by each stat. It's your basic stats like D&D. Mhm. But there are so many skills like you get skills based off your background, skills as you level. You can even do something without a skill. Like, I want to try this thing to see if I can do it. Hmm. Like, I want to, let's say you don't have the shoot skill, but you're sitting behind a Gatling gun. Well, I want to see if I can fire it. And it tells you what skill it equates to. It's like, okay, a Gatling gun is dexterity. So you mm-hmm. would roll your dexterity. You're, you're really dexterous. You're a pickpocket. So your dexterity is a 90. You just have to not roll 91 through 100, and you're fighting a Gatling gun. Interesting. <laughs> so it is. It, so you need a D100 die? Uh, it's, this is before D100s actually came out. This game came out in 1983. Hmm. Well, what am I rolling then? 2D10. It feels wrong and not to be a D6 system. And then multiply it by 5. 
<laughs> I'm sorry, what'd you say, Grizz? <laughs> and then I'm multiplying it by five? Yep. Okay. And if it comes out to, like, a number, like, uh, there's a chance you're going to get, like, you know, a hundred because you rolled a twenty. You can, and I love how they put this, you can bribe the DM. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what do you have to get points for that? Everyone starts out with two bribe points, and you get one with each <laughs> level. And the bribe allows you to re-roll a single D10 to subtract that number from your your die. Hmm. So this, like, is, okay. this is reverse inspiration. Yeah. Rather than saying, oh yeah, it's a nat 20, it's like, okay, I, I borked that roll because I rolled badly. I wanna, I'm going to bribe you with a bribery point. So it's, is it like a guarantee, or it really just depends on the roll? It depends on the roll. Okay. And it does have a little story that is built into it, which I know you'll like, CA. Uh, let me get to it. Ah, there's your attempting to break up a mob operation in the speakeasy, in a speakeasy for the IRS. Nice. <laughs> As you do. Memories. And you have, to, you have to go undercover. <laughs> Their a librarian oh. is a skill uh, in this game. Librarian oh. equals, it's like librarian equal research. <laughs> and th- this game, when it came out, was for people 16 and older in the 80s. <laughs> so these are people who probably, whose parents were, you know, in the, the era of D&D is evil and you will die. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it also, uh, when the book initially came out, because of that idea, it came with cutout paper dice. Oh, that's weird. Oh, like your boss was looking for today. Yeah, but he's looking for oh. the cutout little minis. Mm-hmm. It had a paper, like a cutout <laughs> thing where you could make your own D10s with the numbers and everything and little guide on how to tape it together. It's like, all right, that's just nifty. It reminds me of this little doll. I used to give you a kid and you'd like bend the paper dress around her. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> I'm old though, but you know. Yeah, you have to keep in mind, in the 1980s, there wasn't, like, a, a Dyson card shop around the corner that you could go to. You had to, it would have been a long time before you were able to find D10, so it's pretty clever that they put them in there for you. Yeah, like, oh, that's that's kind of nifty. When I found this, I was like, oh, I need 2D10? Okay. <laughs> but this was the 90s. You have to you have to keep adding tape over and over again, eventually they become, like, smooth <laughs> like pearls. It's just a ball now. Your friend gets angry and smashes down on top of it. No! That was my last D10, you bastard. <laughs> Nowadays, your friend gets angry, smashes their fist on your D10, and you're taking him to the hospital. What happened? He broke his hand. How'd that happen? We don't want to talk about it. Let's go back to the plot for a second. Uh, you're talking about... So you have to overthrow the mob. Yep, or... that is one of the uh, built-in kind of missions that they give you as like an example of how to play. Okay. The first one is you have to overthrow the mob while working for the IRS, but it gives a, uh, what's called a limitation, where one person can secretly be a mob plant. Ooh. Okay. So, if let's say, you know, we're all playing, and we don't have a fourth player, so we would draw names from a hat, essentially is what they suggest if you don't have enough players mm-hmm. to find out who is the mob plant and the rest of the party does not know who this person is except for the GM 
So uh, is that kind of like splitting the party there? Kind of, yeah. And it also, uh, yeah, the the nice thing about uh, the uh, hindrances in this game is you can become a monster. <laughs> it's like, Me? oh, you're the mob plant. You're also a Wendigo. Oh. <laughs> wow. Well, that escalated. <laughs> yeah, it's a optional rule of monstrosity that they include at the very end of the book. It's like, no, no, we're going to give you this great little story, little little 20-page adventure. By the way, here's another thing you can do. <laughs> After the story, it brings it up as you level, you can lose your humanity and become a monster, which they, they say would be the person who was the quote-unquote bad guy. What a wonderful to- ghost. What a wonderful tale of the roaring 20s. And interceding into the mob to try to take down the gang leaders. Oh, and you could also eat people. Absolutely, Jimmy. (laughs) (laughs) Just chow down on those corpses, Jimmy. It's good for Jimmy. (laughs) It's like, why why isn't it the end, I just wonder? It's like, here's what you can do. Yes, we're covering all the bases on this one. (laughs) Like, one of them is, um, as a... A vampire. You can use telekinesis, illusion, illusion and mental control of the weak-minded. Oh, jeez. <laughs> like, that's not described anywhere in the rules, though. It's just a thing that you can do. These are not the kegs that you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, so let's say you make a couple levels, you know, working through the adventure, and it's like, oh, yeah. Uh, Griswick is the secret mob plant who's also a vampire, and uh, don't put you know this on me. He's locked in his <laughs> his crypt where all these kegs are because they built hit their you know, their their speakeasy over his den, and he has an agreement with them. There's no way to defend against it as a normal person. <laughs> it's like okay, but as a werewolf, that's <laughs> <laughs> like all right. Um, Griswick is a is a vampire. You know, Ca is a witch, and uh, Truth is a werewolf. What do we do with this? It doesn't give you anywhere to go except it says it's up to the GM's discretion how the how these encounters play out. <laughs> My idea would be all right. We're gonna do a battle royale right now. Everybody, get out your dice. Let's just start rolling. <laughs> <laughs> like you're telling me battle royale. I'm like okay, let's roll some initiative. Let's see who wins. On the flip side, on the flip side, this game sounds like it'd be the basically the the entire transcript from Hotel Transylvania. I'm just saying. <laughs> it is it is a bonkers game. Like, uh, the the weird thing, like one of the weird things they have in here, is how to drive. And like uh, driving, depending where you are, is either a uh, one die. Two die, three die, four die, five die, or six dies. So, like, six dies, like, stick shift? Like, what, no, what does this mean? Six D10 that you would have to roll to figure out, can you drive in this train? Like, city is one, <laughs> suburban is two, country is three, highway <laughs> is four, desert is five, mountainous is six. It's like, example of mountainous <laughs> is driving through the Rockies on an unfamiliar road <laughs> through a mine shaft. I mean, <laughs> like... <laughs> I mean, honestly... 
why would you ever be going out there in a game like this? I mean, it just seems like, I mean, unless you're specifically building up to that Wendigo reveal, because you're going to your cabin out in the Rocky Mountains because you're vacationing in the Aspens because you're some rich fuck who's getting off the who's getting rich off of the misery of others and their credit, poor credit decisions. That's so deep. Oh my goodness. I'm not sure. Like, but that is just a thing. It's like, all right, apparently, that is an example they give. It's like, all right, first of all, in the in the later parts, because this is still in the beginning, in the later parts, when you give me an adventure to run, this adventure takes place in New York. Why? Why all the? Why am I going to be telling him? Okay, I need you to roll to drive in the mountains. I mean, yeah, the the Catskills, the Appalachians. But I've driven the Appalachians, driven the Catskills. It's not that bad. There are paved roads. But have you driven yeah, I... there in the 1920s is the question. <laughs> no. And it's like, Six all right. Roll. It's like, all right, so you're driving through the Catskills. I need you to roll 10d6, and then you're going to divide that by two, and then multiply that by five. And if you get below your drive skill, you're dead. <laughs> I have to admit, this is one of my pet peeves about tabletop gaming, is that every now and then Driving? you'll get a system where... Uh, the, you know, they'll say, oh, roll for that. And you think to yourself, no, I can either do it or I can't. Like, either I yeah. have a driver's license and I know how to operate a car or I don't. And, you know, like, there's never been a day where I've woken up and then I've said to myself, oh, I can't drive today. I've forgotten how because I rolled a <laughs> one. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, think, I think it's if, if you have the skill... I think it's more like, oh, you're you're not gonna die, die, but you're like, oh, you hit this hazard or you hit a pothole. It's like you, you, and, and they do it better in modern games. Uh, games in the '80s, early '90s, when it came to driving, didn't really have the mechanics down. Because like, okay, you did badly at driving, you hit a random pothole, and your car flips over. Versus modern games, are like, okay, roll your drive skill, and you have this hindrance. You're driving in the rain, so your skills at a minus two. Like okay, you you get to where you're going, but all along the way you might have hit a couple pedestrians, you know. <laughs> you know Fifi, the neighbor's dog. No, no one Fifi. knows what happened to her. You also knocked over old man Jenkins' mailbox. He's gonna be pissed. Yeah, he's always pissed. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> stuff stuff like that occurs. Modern. You know, at least more... time I at least this time I was actually on his lawn. <laughs> Goddamn kids, get off my lawn. I'm going to start, that's just going to be an entire day of follow of me just sitting, waiting, and yelling at for standing on my lawn. I can totally picture when I, that. When I, can brew, when I can brew stuff and make a store, it's like yelling at people to get off my lawn. Go <laughs> away, we don't want Like, God damn it, get off my lawn, you kids. I like it. Yes. It, it is a fun little game to play it's not really good for long campaigns uh, although i think it'd be great for a podcast just because you know the 20s that old radio style would just be would just be awesome speakeasies guild speakeasies gilded age all that fun stuff yeah all that fun stuff that happened right before everything went to hell (laughs) you know yeah i was like bootleggers and i'm related to well i come from a line of bootleggers so I was thinking more along the lines of like a Harlem Knights sort of situation. Hmm. Yeah, that's like a in in the movie Harlem Knights. Basically, it is one nightclub against uh, an entire mob-run operation because the mob wants to control all the clubs, but one club is holding out. And mm-hmm. yeah, you know, this sounds a lot like that. So I think that'd be cool. 
Yeah, definitely. I like the theme. I can. That I, would be cool. I can dig that. It's a tough beat, but somebody's got to do it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Tea Time, the portion of our show where we check these so-called facts from the underside of a popular beverage tea brand, uh, who shall remain nameless. Uh, your options will be true, false, or huh. I will read each fact one by one and then wait for your response. Everybody ready? Ready. Ready. I'm ready. All Woo. right. Truth sounds confident. Yeah, he does. Snapcap fact number 143. Q is the only letter in the alphabet not appearing in the name of a U.S. state. Hang on, I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I'm like, uh, Alabama. Well, thank God for that. Otherwise, this would be a very short segment. I... Well, no. Is the only letter? In a state's name, I assume, is what it's saying. Okay, so it could be anywhere. It doesn't have to begin with it. I'm gonna say true. I was just doing that old song, because a 50 state song in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Revisiting the Animaniacs? Yep. I can think of a couple places in states that have the na- have the letter Q in them, Doesn't obviously. Count. But as far as state names go, I can't think of one that has any Qs in it, so I'm going to go true. I can't either. That's what, I was like, no, the Animaniacs did not mention Q at all. Yeah. So, yeah, because any of the other weird letters, I can think of a couple of states that have them. So I'm going to go ahead and say true on that. I, I think that's true, yeah. And the answer is true. Yay! Yay. Right. One for one. We did it. We are smart. It's because truth is here. <laughs> that's that's right. Uh, we only have 26 letters in the alphabet. It's very simple to go through them all. Um, A, C, D, F, G, H, I, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q. R, S, T, U, V, and W uh, are all letters that begin a state, which leaves B, E, J, Q, X, Y, and Z. Uh, Alabama and Nebraska both have Bs, so that one's out. Uh, e actually appears in 20 different state names. Uh, it's the most popular letter, so you can imagine. Uh, J in New Jersey, X in New Mexico, as well as in Texas. Uh, y appears in six different states, and Z in Arizona, which leaves just Q. So the answer is true. Poor little Q doesn't get Poor to be part. Q. Doesn't well, get I mean, to be a part of any of the state's names. But Q is the supreme, you know, being. So this is true. And unless they uh, change the name to Puerto Rico, uh, I don't see that happening. <laughs> I don't see that changing anytime in the near future. Or until Quebec, or until Quebec, Canada secedes from Canada and decides for whatever stupid reason to join the United States. They don't make those kinds of bets on hockey anymore. This is true. <laughs> Snapcap fact number 1455. Movie trailers used to come on at the end of movies, but no one stuck around to watch them. Hmm. I look forward to the trailers. I can't believe they'd be at the end. Um, I want to say false. It would have to be pretty old if so. Like I don't remember that happening on VHS. Yeah, it would have had to have been probably in the start of movies. Where, you know, just watching pictures going across the screen was just a new experience in and of itself. Hmm. I don't know if, like, the black and white films had trailers. You'd want to stay till the end, though, if you were thinking, you know, back then it's like, oh, it's a nickel to see the the picture. That was a lot of money. Uh, For what it's worth, TK, originally it was a nickel just to sit in the theater, which you could stay all day if you wanted to. And you would just watch whatever movie would come up. Nifty. Yes. Now they just kick you out. (laughs) 
That's one of the reasons why they were called Nickelodeons. You could pay a nickel to spend the day. Oh, cool. I did not know that. I learned something. Hooray! <laughs> All the things. Hooray for learning. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with huh on this. Ooh. Bring another huh. I'm going to stick with my, my false. Okay. Well, I mean, think about trailers. Like the word trailer itself. I I think, I mean, like I've seen a lot of old fashioned movies and I've never seen a trailer in the beginning of it. Um, and I think just based off of the word itself, I'm going to say that it's true that the trailers came at the end. All right. And the answer is true. Ah, wow. yes. Go CA. All right. That is, in fact, why they're called trailers. They originally mm. trailed the movie. Uh, the first trailer was in 1913 and had nothing at all to do with movies. Um, it was a promotion for the theater itself. Uh, and then after that, they began doing other kinds of promotions. In 1919, six years later, uh, they actually did the first trailer for a movie. Uh, trailers remained after the movie until the 1930s when the National Screen Service realized that nobody was watching at the end. So why the hell were they doing all this work? And the reason why they cared was because the National Screen Service actually had a monopoly on the production of trailers. And so they would go to the movie houses and say, hey, uh, you know, we have this great service where we can take your movie and cut it down to a trailer in order to entice people to come back and see it. And uh, but all of a sudden in the 1930s, the amount of money that they made was going down. It's because the production houses realized that nobody were waiting around to see the trailers. And so thus they moved the trailers to the beginning in the 1930s. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah. Nifty. Fun fact, Warner Brothers spent $165 million to promote Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. And they only spent $85 million to produce it. Hmm. Spent more advertising than, produ than production? Correct. Damn. Jeez. Which explains why it sucked. <laughs> I mean, I mean, to be fair, there are plenty of reasons why it would have sucked. That's just that's just a, another drop in the bucket. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we could talk all night about that. We, we really, really could. could. Mm -hmm. We really could. But we really can't. Snapcap fact number 244. <laughs> the watermelon seed spitting world record is about 70 feet. It says it's about. About. That's a long way to spit a watermelon seed. It is. It's almost across a Olympic-sized swimming pool. Hmm. Uh, Width-wise, not length. And they're just, they're spitting it? Correct. They're not using anything? Nope. Just the mouth. So, so there goes my watermelon seed catapult idea. <laughs> I'm just table that. Damn. Great. Thanks, Grizz. You ruined it for truth. <laughs> Should have came with a warning. Uh, that's like that seems so extreme. I'd like to know whose mouth that belonged to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say true. Okay, uh, sounds right. Why does it sound right? How could any of that sound right? Because there's some you... weird shit in the Guinness Book of World Records. How would you launch that? I'm gonna go with false because it see and that seems a bit much just a bit much i mean 
don't get me wrong, if it ends up being true, I'm going to go ahead and believe it because, yeah, like like TK said, the Guinness, World true, War, the Guinness World Book of World Records is full of stuff of unexpected achievements and things we didn't need achievements for. <laughs> like, after they, yeah. they spit it, is it bouncing off of objects to get that distance? Or this is literally just one, no. and that's it? It's like uh, the javelin, but oral. Uh, <laughs> but oral. I mean, like, I feel like... If it's true, it's like I betrayed my people. But uh, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna go false. Okay. <laughs> TK, you said true. Yep, I'm gonna stick with true. Okay, and the answer is false. Uh, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it was the about, isn't it? It's the about. Yep. Jason Shayot hit <laughs> 75 feet and two inches in 1995 oh. in De Leon, Texas. Uh, that record has stood for 24 years. And so nice. there is no excuse for that. the unnamed tea brand to get it wrong. <laughs> hmm. In the links below, I have a link bad. to a watermelon seed spitting competition, which took place in Kansas City. Uh, <laughs> I assure course. you, you will love it. This is fabulous. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing this weekend. I don't know what <laughs> Fun fact, in 2016, Ashrita Furman broke the world record for watermelons cut open with a machete while they were lying on his stomach while he was laying on a bed of nails. Wow. With 14. I think I remember wow. seeing this on some weird show, whether it was... I think it was when Guinness actually had a television show. Do you recall seeing Bippin standing over Eshrita's nutsack holding a machete? Because oh my God. that's an actual <laughs> thing that you can see. Link in the description below also. <laughs> he and his partner uh, Bippin also owned the world record for the five meter raw egg toss. Uh, they did 76 in under a minute. Hmm. They, they're just world record whores. It sounds like <laughs> No, that word is whore. Whore. Yeah, I was just going to say it. Uh, you made the joke. You made it funny. I got it. Snapcat okay. fact number 1001. 99% of our solar system's mass is the sun. I would not know this. Huh? I'm going to go with huh. I kind of feel that's wanna... uncalculable. I don't think we have the ability to calculate that. Would it change over time, though? Yeah, we're just talking about the solar system, and I don't know if, yeah. I kind of I kind of had to agree with TK here. I'm like, huh? Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go with huh? All right. And the answer is true. Wow, really? That's crazy. Huh. Uh, we know the mass of the sun. It is 1.989 times 10 to the 30 kilograms. However, that is uh, denoted as one solar mass. So it's 1.00 solar mass. Uh, the mass of our solar system is 1.0014. And so if you actually do the math on that, it is 99.86%. However, you never round up percentages in math. So it is actually 99%. If you ever see polling data on TV, and for some reason it doesn't add up to, to 100%, it only adds up to like 98 or 99, uh, that's mm -hmm. why. It's because you can't round up percentages. Hmm. If it's ever less than 98, that data has been falsified. And you should change the channel. <laughs> if it's ever less than 98, you're watching uh, unnewsworthy source, or you're watching South Park. Unnamed newscast. Is what you're watching. 
Snapcap fact number 402. Christopher Columbus brought the first lemon seeds to America. Uh, um, sure, true. I'll say... I don't really know. Gotcha. I'm oh, sorry, I didn't catch that. <laughs> still, still mulling it over. Okay, I'm just trying to think where in you got a bad piece of human food earlier today. That's what it was. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna say um, Christopher Columbus, Spanish. I'm gonna say false. All right, he's originally an Italian, and that's might be a place where you could grow lemons. I don't know if that's a thing that would have been a naturally thing in the North America at the time. I'll go with true. Why not? And the answer is true. Oh, wow. Yay. Ha-ha. Good job. <laughs> so the origin of lemons is unknown, uh, although they're thought to be from northern India. However, eventually, they did make their way to Europe via Italy. And like you said, Christopher Columbus was Italian. Um, lemons are a big, big hit uh, with sailors. Um, even though they didn't know why at the time, lemons ward off scurvy, uh, which is a disease that you can get from lack of vitamin C. Uh, and this was a problem with sailors because most of the food that you put onto a boat has no vitamins at all. It is packaged in a way where it's dried and overprocessed, and so a lot of times sailors would get sick on long, voy- long voyages. So Columbus brought a bunch of lemons with him when he thought he was sailing across the entire planet. Uh, when he got here, he dropped those lemons into the ground, and thus we have lemon trees here in the Americas today. Well, once again, Western Europe benefits from getting something from the from the from India. That's 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 pretty much history in a nutbag. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact: Columbus accidentally sank the Santa Maria on Christmas Day in 1492 when he ran her aground, uh, stranding 39 men in a settlement called La Navidad. Which, for those of you who know the song Feliz Navidad, knows that that is the word for Christmas. Christmas. (laughs) Neat. Snapcap fact number 313. O is the oldest letter of the alphabet, dating back to 3000 BC. I'm going to go with true. Why? That was confident. Cuneiform. It would have been easier to draw a circle than it would be to like do an A, a B. Hmm. Hmm. I'm going to go with, huh? Okay. Just one letter? You're really liking those, huh? Right. Yeah. What, a, what about the other letters? <laughs> um, Alright, I'll go with true. Alright. And the answer is false. Oh. oh, we all lost that one. So, uh, we're going to assume that they mean the English alphabet. There are hundreds of alphabets in the world. Um, The O was invented by the Phoenicians, uh, who also gave us the study of phonetics, uh, the study of sounds. Uh, For those of you who saw My Fair Lady, that's uh, Henry Higgins was a professor of phonetics. That's why he had all those weird records. (laughs) Henry Higgins, just you wait. (laughs) Uh, The Phoenician Empire only dates back to uh, 2500 B.C., so not all the way back to 3000 BC. Uh, so that's the first reason why it's wrong. Uh, the second reason why it's wrong is because they also had the letters Z, Y, W, Q, K, and X, all of which are nearly identical or absolutely identical to the way that they appear today. I was just going to say, historical alphabet soup is confusing. <laughs> <laughs> Only when it's fresh out of the can. 
<laughs> yeah. Fun fact, the word phoenix comes from the same root as Phoenician. They both mean red. Hmm. Nifty. And finally, Snapcap fact number 1024. Giraffes have the same number of vertebrae as humans. Seven. Humans have seven vertebrae? Yeah, the vertebrae is your spine. Uh, I'm going to go with false on this. Okay. If for no other reason, I think the human spine has more vertebrae than seven. Aren't there different types of vertebrae? I don't know. I'm not a chiropractor. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's... That's all right, Truth. We still love you anyway. I, <laughs> I appreciate that, Grizz. I, I really I'm do. I'm going to say true, because thinking about it, cause I have a shot back. It's like, okay, my, the vertebrae and your spine, I think we have seven vertebrae, and then there's, I think, eight but discs. There's seven just in your cervical region, and I think I think there's there's more than that. CA's whipping out her bone knowledge. I'm trying to remember <laughs> now. <laughs> try, try not to mix up my cartilage. I think there's more. Yeah, I'm gonna go false because I think you're right, you have, CA. Because your your neck has just seven, and I'm pretty sure your upper back and lower back have more. Yeah. Okay. And the answer is false. Yay! Yes! Vertebra, the singular, uh, comes from the Latin vertere, uh, which means to turn. Uh, The plural (laughs) of that is vertebrae, um, which is the same as antennae is the plural of antenna, so on and so forth. Um, And basically, uh, a vertebra is any of the bones in your back, along the backbone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for giraffes, they have a total of 41, seven cervical vertebra, uh, 17 dorsal, four lumbar, and 13 caudal, which are the tailbones. Uh, in humans, we have 33, seven cervical, uh, 12 thoracic, five lumbar, five which are fused together, which we call the sacrum, and another four which are fused together, which we call the coccyx. Uh, so this is definitely wrong all the way around. Uh, basically, they omitted the word cervical. If they had done that, then yes, giraffes and humans have the same number of vertebrae in their neck. Fun fact, rabbits have more tail vertebrae than giraffes. 15 to 13. Shaking that little bunny tail, huh? That's right. <laughs> and so, by a final score of 5 to 4 to 2, CA is our winner. Yay! Did all the things. Well done. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and now it's time for what's in the box. Woot. What's in the box? Everybody ready? I'm ready. Ready. All right. Everybody's <laughs> ready. ready. Boy, we're in. <laughs> Hundreds of dog-faced creatures crowd into a massive underground cavern beneath their subterranean lair milling about and speaking to each other in short, hushed pleasantries. The sound of a deep, bellowing horn bounces off the walls and drowns them in sound. The dog faces know what this means. The event is about to begin. The crowd fans out, attempting to make enough space for each of the participants. The floor of the cavern has been carved in half over time by the running waters of yet another noxious green slime river. 
This river of slime divides the crowd from what appears to be a stage of some kind. At the center of the stage is a giant cube-shaped structure with a massive cloth draped over it to hide its contents. On either side of the cube are eight chairs, four on each side. And in the middle, afront the cube, is a much larger chair, which clearly is the most important seat in the house. This ninth chair is covered in carvings and inlaid with ivory. The dog-faced crowd finally settles down, each participant sinking to their knees. A second horn sounds. The crowd mimics the hum with their voices until all swell together in a thunderous crescendo. Pebbles and dust sprinkle the group from the ceiling above, coating their furry bodies. Finally, a third horn sounds, and all go silent. A parade of eight dog faces dressed in dark robes slowly skulk onto the stage from an unseen wing. Each of these elders takes their place standing in front of their assigned chairs. Finally, a ninth dog face, draped in deep red robes and holding a golden staff, follows in their footsteps, ending his trek in front of the largest of the chairs. As he turns to face the crowd, green spittle from the rapids below sprays upwards and onto the rocks in front of the crowd. Ew. <laughs> the spray reacts with the air, causing three of the multitude to collapse into slumber. The leader of the dog faces holds his staff aloft, and the crowd thunders their approval. They begin chanting, Majaluk, Majaluk. The chieftain pulls out a jack-in-the-box from under his robe and places it on the ground before him. He jerks the handle clockwise, and the jack-in-the-box launches forth with his devilish grin. The voice of the jack-in-the-box is lost in the bluster of the crowd, but all falls silent as the chieftain, eyes full of fire, waves his staff in the air. The chieftain barks out seasoned rhetoric full of passion and lore. Finally, he turns and faces the massive covered cube. The chieftain bows deeply. The elders cut the ropes. The sheet drops. The entire audience gasps. It's a cage. And it's empty. The chieftain, wide-eyed and panicked, looks first to his elders, who have no answers. Then he turns to his crowd. Ganna! His scream echoes off the walls and through the hallways of the entire lower level. The foam-mouthed dog faces leap to their feet and blast through the exits. The chieftain and his elders hurriedly exit the stage, quarreling amongst themselves. Hundreds of dog faces pour through the rooms and nooks, crates and cracks, all searching for their lost prize. A sea of life washes over the entire lower level and then crashes against the breakers of the elevator door. Sadly, the elevator is in use right now by two yaks and one human. <laughs> You're not sure where Minnie Mal found food to chew on, but she's chewing it just the same. And what's more exciting, while the three of you were making your grand escape, you stumbled across a very interesting box. It's about the size of a PlayStation controller. The top is rounded like an emu egg, but the bottom is flat. The opening for the box is a small rounded panel at the front attached by two hinges. And the entire egg is covered in lines of precious jewels. And between the jewels, there is a hand-illustrated depiction of a great battle 
between the dog faces and a sleeping human by a campfire. Molly leans over and licks your hand. You smile and look back at her. Aww. You're right, you say. I should open this now. <laughs> My question for you is this. What's in the box? Truth, do you feel confident enough to go first? Sure, why not? Yes, what do you got in your box? So as you open this box, it's mm. strange. It almost looks supremely dark in this box. You reach your hand in there and it suddenly feels like you... You're, it's a lot larger on the inside than it is on the outside. Ooh. You fiddle around in there, and then you finally get a hold of something. It feels very ceramic. You pull it out, and it's a, li- it's a little ceramic pig about the size of your hand. Aww. Actually, Is it pink? Pig's kind of a misnomer. It's actually more of a boar. It's got long tusks in the front. It's got a tuft of hair at the top. And it's got little runic writings on the side of it he's a tattooed boar it's not tattooed um but it the hair is kind of spiked in a mohawk so it does have that going on for it oh sure. that's part of the 80s theme we got going today <laughs> nice and so the symbols look carved in it? it it looks like it's more like it does look carved but it looks way well way too well done to be carved hmm and as you have it in your hand and you're just kind of moving it around just to get a feel for it, you start to hear something. You start to hear like hear something like the jangling of coin. Oh. And you see this little the more you look at it and the more you look at the top of it and along the back of the bore, you see a little coin slot. You turn it over, you look in. at it, and there's nothing in there. Yeah, I want to I want to hold it up like above my eye and kind of rattle it back and forth to see uh, you know, if I can see anything inside of it. You tip it up, you look inside of it, you rattle it around, you hear the coins rattling, but you don't see any popping out, and nothing's coming out of it. Is there any way to jam my finger in the pig? <laughs> like, wow. Not, I mean, not one of the Chris big ones, I mean a pink I mean, you could have asked, yeah. I mean, permission's important, Chris. <laughs> you try to put you your... don't just stick your finger in it. <laughs> All right, Mr. Pig, now this is going to be unusual. <laughs> but if you think about it, you brought it on yourself. <laughs> wow. No going eating coins. <laughs> now, the only orifice that this pig happens to have <laughs> is that little coin slot at the top, and it is slot too small back. for your finger. Oh, poor Chris. I'm looking, for, I'm looking for a penny to see if I can drop it in this thing. So you, you would have to break this or say the spell. Oh, yeah. Can I read what the runic writing says? You hear you. If you look at it hard enough, then the longer you spend with it, the more you kind of get attuned to it. I suppose. I speak farmer. Is it far? Is it written in farmer? It is written in old archaic farmer. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> so if you speak farmer, it's like it's like reading old old English. You can make me. You can make heads or tails of it, but it's like straining your eyes to read it. Ye old piggy okay, bank. How do you say? TK, how do you say get off my lawn in archaic? <laughs> uh, I'd have to look that up. I'm not really sure. <laughs> Is there an app for that? <laughs> but as you read the writing, it starts to become mm-hmm. a little bit clearer, and it says, Bri- bribes, please. TK, you you have bribes in your last game that you just mentioned. I'm going to put uh, two gold coins in it, and then take a giant step back. Like, all right, Chris, all yours. <laughs> bing bing back so Grizz, you have it in your hand yeah all I, right i 
Oh no! I tell the pig. I say, uh, you know, if you if you give me little pig, little pig, yes. let me in. <laughs> Does he only speak old English? Because I we'll have to do some Beowulf here. Oskiod ye skurfing, I leave you with the parrot in my rucksack. <laughs> All right. So as TK puts oh, no. the coin in the top of the boar. Oh, no. It magically starts to grow, and it starts to actually start to grow hair, and it starts to grow flesh, and it becomes an actual boar. Oh, good. Another animal for the, for the elevator ride. <laughs> you open up the elevator door, we're all standing there, like, scrunched together. <laughs> Big boar. And this boar, this boar is lean, it looks strong, it looks like the kind of boar you don't want to mess with in the forest because you don't want to mess with boars to begin with. And it just looks at you, up at you with this stern look, and it's like, well, gee, what do you want me to do, boss? Well, that's fascinating. <laughs> you got a pet, Chris. Does he understand my love of bacon? Because I feel like that would make an awkward <laughs> scenario here. Boy, you're going to have to pay me a lot more than that for that. <laughs> like, look, I got, I got a coin sack here. Um, don't ask where they came from. But I don't ask questions. Just what do you want me to do, and I'll tell you how much it's worth. I'm gonna gonna give Grizz a coin sack. But here you go. Uh, don't you don't need to ask questions where it came from. Let's just say Cthulhu is gonna be pissed when he finds out. <laughs> oh man! Oh, just Cthulhu, once. that's adorable. He's a little bitch. <laughs> oh. oh, bad bad He's mouth a vicious mockery boy. Ancient elevator. Oh, this is not good. You know, just once I would like to ride this elevator without uh, suddenly other animals appearing in order to test the engineering strength of this particular device. You should ask the board to conquer the world and see what happens. I mean, we got a dragon that can pretty much lift us all. It's only, you know, like four feet long, but hey, it's strong. If you you're know, complaining about the services of the boar, please contact novice imprinter Malice King. <laughs> Is there a phone number? Like, or is there like you gotta a send signal? a sending spell? He doesn't receive anything other than that. I I flip uh, the pig guys, over I'm and I read his belly button. Fresh out of sending spells. <laughs> you can't flip the pig over. He's massive. <laughs> <laughs> little Boy, pig, little pig, roll over. <laughs> well, that's about two coins worth. He rolls over. <laughs> you don't see anything on the bottom of it. Cheap pig. And then as soon as he's done rolling over and you get a good look at his undercarriage, he turns back into a ceramic pig. Great. Look what you did. Excellent. Now we'll never know what he does. He, he was going to conquer the world. The elevator starts speeding up again. Yeah. You get the sense that this pig will do pretty much whatever you ask of it for a price. So probably like, you know, conquer the world would probably be pretty expensive. Kinda. TK, we're going to need a bigger pouch. <laughs> <laughs> From now on, we collect all coins. It doesn't mean it will always be safe, right? It it just means it will do what you say, but it doesn't necessarily mean it would live through it. It's not like hardcore. Like well, considering he said that Cthulhu was a little bitch, you're not entirely sure. <laughs> He's like a genie, but you have to pay him. Cthulhu versus Boar. Stay tuned. <laughs> Next episode. <laughs> <laughs> the climactic showdown of Elder Gods. <laughs> All right, CA, what do you got? Oh, it's my turn. I'm so excited. 
So you open up this egg-shaped box, and there's this tiny, tiny spider on the inside. Ooh. And he comes out, and he scrumbles it down to the floor, and then he all of a sudden begins to grow bigger, which is really funny. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, that is funny. (laughs) I I feed him a coin. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, different different kind of spider. Okay. Don't care about your coin. Uh, so he becomes so big, he's about like 10 foot by 10 foot. Is there anywhere in the spider that I can fit a finger? <laughs> oh, what is it with you in fingers today? It would be very inappropriate. <laughs> I mean, you could probably do She's a stealing his idea, so wow. I'm going back. I'll be doing all my questions. <laughs> this is no. this is Grizz's exploratory phase when it comes to magical <laughs> animal things. <laughs> Ye old spider. <laughs> so the spider becomes massive um it is a mechanical spider made of steel and is covered in bamboo and it has a bamboo saddle on it i mean he's a rideable spider yeah spider mecca (laughs) now let me ask you this (laughs) spiders have eight legs so where do my legs go that they won't be crushed by any of the mechanisms well you're riding it so you would be on its back yeah but am i do my legs go between two and six I'm sorry, two and four or four and six or six and eight? Well, it's very versatile, so you can do either way, whatever makes you comfortable. What if I'm side saddle? That that may not work. This is not a princess spider. I was going to ask, does Mecha Spider do, do whatever a spider can? Because this is very important. Yes, it does. <laughs> um, so this particular spider is a, a warrior spider. Um it has different things that it can do. One of them is it can rub its two front legs together to create a sound lance spell. So it sounds similar to like nails on a chalkboard, Ugh. but oh, to such an extreme. Yeah, it could make your ears bleed. The bamboo on the outside of the legs um, basically increases its AC. And the bamboo is shaped into points at the bottom of the leg, so it does piercing damage. It also has... Um, an abdominum filled with mead, which is pretty cool for you and your group. <laughs> Can't travel without mead. Until you have to get it. Is there a tap? <laughs> What's on, what is on tap? <laughs> However, um, there is an egg sack that is on the outside of it with a swarm of spiders. And you can use a swarm of spider spell to attack people. Um, and then it also has dissonant whispers. Which it plays a creepy version of the Itsy Bitsy Spider song. <laughs> so, the Itsy Bitsy your... Spider went right? up the water spout. <laughs> right? The, aren't you filled with terror? Oh, absolutely. Constantly <laughs> filled with terror. You have to sing that song, but in Old English. <laughs> oh. Ye old Itsy Bitsy Spider. <laughs> <laughs> Inspiration point. Hey, I love it. Now, when you say battle spider, uh, are you able to like literally ride this thing into into war? The swarm of spiders that are there are basically like tiny spiders, the same way made with steel and bamboo that can attack people okay. um, in groups. I just love how this thing basically encourages you to to drive recklessly and drunk because it is literally <laughs> loaded with meat. <laughs> Perfect for that barbarian in your group. <laughs> First you smash, then you get smashed. Hey, back in the 3-5 days, that was an option as a subclass of barbarian. 
Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, you could be a brewmaster. Your rage was fueled by your rage was fueled by beer muscles. <laughs> Pretty much. You had to have a partner because it was like a two part group. One guy to hold your, your hair. Was, you were good. <laughs> uh, there typically would be like a uh, half giant and a uh, like gnome or a dwarf sitting on their shoulder. All right, TK, which animal comes out of your egg? <laughs> this is not an animal, actually. Oh, well done. Oh, you can't finger it. <laughs> not with that attitude. Wait, it's a ring, isn't it? No. Oh. Uh, what you take out is a very interesting-looking polydecahedron. Oh, it's for you, Chris. <laughs> yes. All right, uh, I roll it. As you roll How it, it begins to play... I'm running away. Beautiful music as it begins to roll, and it slows, and it slows, and then it stops on six. 120 faces, and it stops on six? Yes. Okay. My spider stabs it. (laughs) (laughs) You're all covered in a shield of magic. You can cast any spell up to fifth level once. Ooh. Ooh. Per long rest, or just That's nice. I get a one-time shot at this? You get a one-time shot, and then you have to roll the dice again. Oh. What happens if you land on six again? Nothing happens, or does something bad happen? No, you would get the same effect. It has 129 different effects. Holy crap. How does he get 129? Magic. <laughs> Can it land on an edge? If Whoa. it lands on an edge, something really bad happens. You know, catastrophic end of the world. <laughs> huh, we get our epic Cthulhu vs. Boar fight. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Cthulhu vs. Boar happens when you're on an edge. <laughs> Don't do that, Chris. Now, let me ask you this. So, uh, when I look at it, um, are are there, like, numbers on the faces or some other, in, like, maybe runes or, or you know, other... Uh, they look blank to you until it's rolled. Okay. So really, it could be it could just decide six and then floats to the top like a magic eight ball. Kind of, except the, the it's determined by what number is there. If someone has true sight, they could see all the numbers. Oh, cool! That's pretty neat. So I need to, mm-hmm. I need to, somebody else to verify that my die isn't screwing with me. Yes. All right. What is the worst number to get? One. Uh, naturally. Uh, what is the best number to get? <laughs> 69. Of course. Oh. So dirty, dirty. <laughs> ah, you only said that to win. And congratulations, you have. <laughs> oh. Actually, this is an item I statted out for uh, my homebrew campaign. And the trickster has it. He got it from the innuendo queen because she's pissed off they lost her necklace. <laughs> <laughs> and he's so tempted to, like, he just wanted to use it right out of the gate. He's like, all right, I'm going to roll. What happens? Like, okay, I roll because the GM rolls behind the screen, tells him what he got. And he's like, uh, he got uh, Fortune Fortuna, which is a homebrew spell someone put up on the, the D&D Beyond, mm-hmm. which allows him to see, he gets to roll a D6 and see how many... Uh, members of the group he sees in the future of. Then he has to roll a d20. Their next rolls are now whatever he just rolled. <laughs> Ooh, wow. And he, he was having a really yeah. bad night. I bet. He rolled three nat ones <laughs> and a four. Oh, oh no. So my life. Oh. <laughs> they're about to go into combat. Oh. They're all starting <laughs> with three nat ones and a four. 
I like that. Poison your party. That's pretty good. <laughs> we are controlling transmission. All right. Well, now's the time where we're going to wrap up our show. Uh, first off, I want to say to Truth, thank you for being on the show. It was a pleasure. Yes, thank yes. you. Um, hey. We want to know, uh, what are you up to in the next week or two? Uh, do you have anything that you want to promote? Uh, are you doing anything online? or? Um. I stream in your frequently on my own Twitch, uh, which is twitch.tv slash Um I don't have a whole lot planned. If I do stream anything, I might be going back to Skyrim just to touch base with my old friend Gorthul. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he's got to preach the good word of Malakat to all the godless <laughs> heathens in Skyrim. And now that he can shout shout with a, like a dragon can, I mean, there's no excuse for them not hearing him. <laughs> uh, we got we to gotta get Joy to finish that game for us because I'm just saying, there's a capital city that has a lot to answer for and a lot of lantern fuel. I mean, you did set a whole bunch of Dremora on that city. <laughs> yeah, but... I, wanna, I gotta make sure the job gets done. I could agree with this. He's nothing if not thorough. <laughs> it, it's part of my charm. And psychosis. I mean charm. <laughs> Main, mainly charm. I just, I, just, <laughs> I just see it as an opportunity to, you know, help those poor trodden people who have had their faith shake and find a new god while smashing the heads of those who don't agree. Because <laughs> as, is the, as is the way of Malakath. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to clarify, so your Twitch channel is The Cyrus T, as in just the letter T? That is correct. Okay. And that is also where you can find me on Twitter. In addition to that, uh, we want to talk about this April. For those of you who don't know, we are now part of the Steel Empire Podcast Network. And one of their other shows, Arc City, uh, which is uh, very popular, uh, had a really great run in Season 1. Uh, they are now coming out with Season 2 uh, sometime in April. Uh, mm. And so I'd be on the lookout for that. And now I will start bugging David closer to April. That's right. And then <laughs> finally, uh, Gen Con is coming up August 1st through the 4th, 2019. Uh, we're mentioning it to you now because uh, you, we're getting a little late into the season uh, to get hotel rooms and tickets and so on and so forth. Uh, this thing sells out. So if you are intending to meet up with us in uh, Indianapolis, uh, then you know now would be the time to to do that. Yes, come hang out with us. Yes, do it. I will do it now. Oh, that's something I do need to do. Hang out with us? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have never been to Gen Con, and I've only been to one convention in my life. Gen Con's massive, though. Do you like large conventions? I probably would like it better if I knew people who were there. Going by myself is a bit of a bit of a challenge. But if I have people there that I know, then it's not going to be so bad. Because then I, I then I have people that can help direct me to find things to do. <laughs> do you like food trucks? I mean, yes. I don't dislike I food trucks. No, then this is the place for you. Delightful. Yes. <laughs> and then one final thing I would like to, uh, on behalf of all of us, thank all of you who attended the Stink Razor uh, this past weekend. Yes. yes thank, thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my goodness! Uh, and uh, Fierce Ferret on March second. Yeah, Fierce Ferret this Saturday, this Saturday. or tomorrow, tomorrow, when this comes out, uh, is going to be streaming for twelve hours on their channel. Uh, the yes. although the main event, as it were, is over. 
we're not. I'm not going to stop until Stinky gets the final goal. And once we reach final goal, I will be singing live on the Threadriders channel. A few songs I've written <laughs> based off of popular Piano classics <laughs> and D and D. And right now we are a little over three thousand dollars, and we cannot thank you enough. We had so much fun streaming this weekend. Yes, we made a lot of friends, and it was nice that everyone came together to to do this. I mean, it it really is incredible. And Threadwriters is so happy that we got to be a part of it. And thank you, TK, for pulling it all together. Yes. We really appreciate it. it. Was and I know Stinky does. It was an adventure. Lots of things <laughs> happened. People got magical <laughs> items. People got their fates t- twisted. Mimic showed up, and people bullied a hill giant for no good reason. <laughs> I mean, still salty about that? Already. Quite. <laughs> he was just a big, thick boy who just wanted love. Also, you know, we can't forget that um, CA managed to whack herself in the back of the head. Oh, yes, because that happens midstream. As you do. It was a really good time, and come out and support ferrets. I'm really excited about it. Yes, right on. We'll be hanging out for a little bit. Yeah. And thank you also to Welcome Party RPG and Soul Bear RPG for coming out also. Um, if nobody has uh, heard of them yet, you should definitely check out their channels and their Twitter pages. They do all kinds of streaming on their channel, uh, RPGs, video games, things like that. Um, so definitely go say hi. Um, and yeah, I think that's it Yeah, for me. Yeah. Well, and with that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to our show. We hope that you enjoyed it. And we also want to thank our sponsor, Tabletop Loot. If you use the code THREADRAIDERS at checkout, uh, you will receive 15% off of your order. And we also want to thank our sponsor, Founders Coffee. For a really good cup of coffee in the morning, uh, try Founders Coffee. Patriotic to the last drop. Uh, We are now part of the Empire Steel Podcast Network, as we mentioned before. Uh, You can also check out uh, two of their um, uh, podcasts, uh, A Quest for Magic and Steel and Arc City, in addition to this podcast, uh, on their network. And uh, links to all of this in the description below. If you enjoyed our show, please give us a tweet to help spread the word. And for more information on the Thread Raiders, you can check us out at threadraiders.com, where we have links to all of our social media properties, including Twitch, Twitter, etc., etc., etc.